Leafs Converts Hockey World. How are you? This is the Leafs Convo Podcast. My name is Norman James. It is terrific to be with you. We have a great episode in store. Mike Augello is standing by. He's poured half of his glass out and he's ready to analyze those Maple Brothers. Off to a 6-1 and one start, but come on. Things aren't as great as they seem, according to Mike Augello. No, he's the man, the myth, the magic, the omniscient one. That's why we pay him no money to do what he does and we're so thankful that he does it and we're thankful for you too listening and supporting this podcast without you we're not 190 on the apple podcast charts mike's ready to go i'm ready to go i know you are too so what do you say let's pod the leafs combo starts right now and here he is my brother from another mother my podcast partner in crime the one and only michael agello hello sir Good morning, Norman. How are you? I am terrific. Almost as terrific as the Maple Leafs. Six and one to start the season, Mike. They win, what, four on the road in a row. They win when they get home. They start the season with a win over the Habs. Can you believe that the one loss out of their seven games to the Senators at Scotiabank Arena? Yeah, that's that's sort of the the skunk at the garden party. Um, but the thing is, it's like, and I I've seen people discuss this, and I think it's a valid point. Although you don't scoff at six and one, is the fact that the schedule. I mean, look at the teams that they played. They've they're all non playoff teams from last year, except for the Caps. And you know, you that's one thing that we've always criticized the Leafs for back in the day. And, you know, even recent history, them having tough times against teams that are clearly not as talented as them. So you look at the fact that they be, they beat Montreal, they go on the road, they beat Dallas, Detroit, Washington, Chicago, come back and beat L.A. You know, that's a pretty good record against a bunch of teams that are, I'd say, say middle of the road mm-hmm. at best. <laughs> but, you know, it's going to get tougher. And Good morning to you, Mike. Good morning yeah, no, to you no, as well. I'm, I'm, Jeez, I'm, I'm, you, are, you are the glass half-empty king. No, but I, but I, I, but the thing is, to be a successful team like I think this team is going to be, you have to beat those bad teams or those teams that aren't going to make mm-hmm. the playoffs. True, and they, true. and and in the past, they've struggled against you know the league's lesser lights, which I guess you know Ottawa. That although Ottawa's playing better than I expected, but you know they have to take advantage. But it's going to be tougher as the competition gets tougher, and it's going to get tough. Even though Matt Murray is probably going to be out of the lineup against Pittsburgh on Thursday. Listen, the bar will continue to be raised on this team. They'll win 10 in a row. Well, they didn't play quality competition. Then they'll beat quality competition. Well, they were at home and they weren't on the road. Right. And then they go on the road and they do well. Well, they're, they're playing with a full complement of stars. Wait till some of those guys go down. The bar will continue to be raised. And the Leafs, they've got their own, you know, they've got their own strategy and their own things that they want to achieve. But we know that, it doesn't matter what the Maple Leafs do. You're going to have people who hate them, wish them ill will, and believe that what they're achieving is not so hot until they win a Stanley Cup. You're going to hear 1967. Um, and then you're going to have fans who are glass half empty people, not the king, because that's you. And we love you. You're my, you're my brother from another mother. Don't forget that. But okay. we have people who will look at the team and say, well, you know, they were outshot. And um, you know, five on five, they're not scoring enough. <laughs> it's all part of the process, man. We've just got to go game to game and, and enjoy the journey. I think some people get too ahead of themselves. Well, I hope they win the division. I hope they win the conference. I want them to get to the third round. It's mid-October, man. Let's just take it game by game. You're going to have shit shows. You're going to have masterpieces. 
let's just enjoy it. Six and one right now. Uh, first place, Austin Matthews is tearing everyone apart, picking up those assists that he wants to pick up as well. And his yeah. line mate, Kasperi Kapanen. I'm so excited for this guy. Four goals, eight points, I believe. One off his career high of nine, Mike. Right. Let's, let's give a huge round of applause, uh, Leafs converts, for Kasperi Kapanen. I mean, he's playing with great players, but he's making the most of it. Yeah, and I mean, the one thing that stands out uh, about Kapanen's game, and it's always stood out, is his speed. I mean, I know that Garrett Sparks, after the game, said he was like the fastest man on earth, and I'm like, I'm sure there are a few other uh, players in the league that uh, will claim to be as good or as uh, a better skater than Kapanen, but he's one of the he's one of the top skaters in the league. But my critique of him uh, up till this year and up to the last few games is, you know, he's had a lot of opportunities to score a lot of breakaways, uh, last year and has sort of had Michael Grabner disease, couldn't finish. And he's really shown his ability to create and to finish. And I'm, you know, obviously I think that that goes hand in hand with playing with a, a, a creative force right now in Austin Matthews. Um, you know, and we'll touch on the Nylander situation a little later. I, I, I think that, you know, even when Nylander signs or if he signs, um, that probably Kapanen is going to end up staying with Matthews because it just seems to be a good fit. And that would allow Nylander to play on, you know, maybe a line with Kadri or I don't know, he would have to possibly switch to the other side. But I, I think Kapanen has taken advantage and, uh, you know, it's, a, it's been a beneficial to the Maple Leafs. When Nylander signs, bring Frazier McLaren back and have him play on the fourth line with Frazier McLaren and I don't know. Yeah, Colton Orr. Pick, pick, we call Colton Orr. Um, it's, you, you get to thinking just how dominant this team can be beyond where it's at right now with William Nylander in the lineup. A focused William Nylander, a guy who's bought in, uh, a guy who's synergized with the team. The possibilities are incredible, yet you still have the problem with defense. Um, even though the last two games by the Maple Leafs have been typical games and they've only given up Three goals. This is the Leafs Convo, Norman James in London, Ontario, Mike Ogello in Buffalo, New York. Thank you so much for your patronage, um, your support. We, we really appreciate it on the YouTube channel. And, of course, we're making a lot of strides on Apple Podcasts, iTunes. We're not high on the charts, but we're on the charts. And uh, up until the last few weeks, uh, we were nowhere to be found. So we owe that to you, and we owe that to the omniscient Mike Ogello as well. Do you think in any circumstance – William Nylander and his team, Team Nylander over in Stockholm, Sweden, are watching these games and saying, you know, there's, there's your replacement, William. Um, this is the guy who, even though he's a restricted free agent coming down the line, Casperi uh, Kapanen is. There's your replacement. He, it doesn't seem like the Leafs miss you that much. Maybe this should keep digging in then because clearly there's, you know, no real um, – driving need to have this guy on the team right now and instead of knocking at the door and you know screaming uncle and saying you win maple leafs you know i will buy into your plan it's just to heck with it we'll just wait and chill the leafs really don't need me you know i'll do what i have to do yeah i mean it it continues to sound as if there's a stalemate now the fun the funny thing is is that and um it was 
Elliot Friedman uh, last Saturday who discussed this. And this seems to be where things are going because clearly there's no progress being made on the long-term extension because if the Nylander camp continues to believe that they're going to get $8 million, I got some I got some land in, uh, in Brooklyn to sell you and a bridge too. I'll throw that in for free. Um, it's not happening. The, the, I, but I think where the direction is going is – uh, a a two three or even four year bridge deal. I mean, and I I talked with uh, with Elliot um, on Monday and he explained it because uh, I, I I was under the impression like most of the restricted free agents that uh, and most of the players coming off of entry level um, that you know it's four years and then he is a UFA uh, after the three year ELC. But if you remember when Nylander was called up from the Marlies in 2016, he only played 22 games. And in that, that was not enough of enough games played. It has to be over 40 for the first year of unrestricted free agency to click. So because of that, he's five years away from being a UFA. So they could sign him to a four year bridge deal and they would still have a year, I believe, of arbitration before he would become a UFA. And that may not be even be a, a, a consideration in the fact that maybe Nylander will be, not even be on the team by then. But to get him on a longer-term deal for a lesser amount, which the Leafs are looking for, that might be the compromise. But again, there's still distance uh, between them. The, the Leafs are offering under... Uh, $5 million a year AAV, which is typical of a bridge deal of that length. And Nylander's asking for over five. So that's the, there's the over, mm. there's the over emphasis on the AAV and the fact that, um, you know, he does not have any no trade protection on a second contract and the Leafs are trying to get as long a deal as possible maybe to keep them, but I think to keep their options open to possibly trade them. And, you know, I know that sets, people's hair on fire, but you have to consider that because this has been the second time that Nylander and Nylander's camp and the Leafs have gone to gone sort of uh, had a little acrimony in terms of his deal on his entry level deal. There was negotiations on it. So at, at a certain point, management would probably just say, this isn't worth it. And, and, you know, may trade him to get the defenseman that they need. Listen, if a lot of the analytics people out there, God love them. They're smarter than I am. Um, don't tell them that. If, if they had their way, Mikhail Grabowski would still be on this team. Nikolai Kuhleman would still be on this team. Uh, Martin Marinson would be the number one defense. I mean, um, you can't keep everybody. You can't. It just doesn't work in a salary cap uh, era. People love the salary cap because you can crunch your numbers. Hey, I, hate hey. the sal- I hate the salary cap, but it is part, part of the deal. I wish it was like baseball. I wish the Leafs could spend as much money and just destroy teams. Run teams into the ground. That's what I'd like to see, but they they can't. Anyway, Mike, I mean, I'll be, I'll be brief. Um, what's going like the Nylander thing? Does is, is the reconciliation inevitable, impossible? Do the Leafs want to uh, you know have as long a bridge deal as possible so they can trade his ass? Why on earth would Nylander want to sign for any lengthy period of time when they basically want to return to Toronto, clean out his darn apartment, and get the hell out of there and go wherever? This is well, I mean, so confusing. Well, Kyle, I mean, Kyle Dubas has said continuously, and yeah, you have to, you know, you have to take him at his word that they're not looking to trade William Nylander. But I, I've learned in terms of ge- general manager speak 
that when a general manager says something, they're talking about the here and now. I don't think William Nylander is going to be traded as soon as he signs his contract. But I think next summer, you know, when Marner and Matthews have to be re-signed or their their extensions kick in, and you know, now Kapanen, and I'll I'll you know, I'll, I'll talk about that in a second. But you know, it does. There's no guarantee. There's no protection against him being moved. Uh, in the near future. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's the situation. I, I think that their goal is, and I think eventually it'll get done. I mean, I know that uh, Nick Ritchie is the only other uh, RFA unsigned. And I heard a report yesterday that, you know, they're, they're coming closer on a, on a bridge deal. And I think, you know, for all the talk of, uh, of the Leafs having to get them on a six, seven, eight year deal, it, it, I, I never thought it was going to happen. And then when I heard the demands that Nylander put out there, I knew it wasn't going to happen because they simply cannot afford that. And I, maybe they maybe they are still skeptical about the long term uh, viability of Nealander. Uh, you know, because he he's not a center; he's a winger, and he's played with Matthews for most of his time in the league, and he's succeeded. But you can see that other wingers have done as well. So, I mean, a proper valuation. I I, I don't know if it. It, it can be made, but that's the job of a GM. And I, I think eventually, I think before December 1st, the deal will get done. I think it'll probably be in the mid four range for four years. We're certainly talking a lot about something that really has nothing going on. <laughs> the Nylander leaf situation. There's it's really not happening, but um, people want to talk about Nylander. Uh, people have their two cents. Uh, Mike, I don't know if you've noticed, um, but our, YouTube comment section has been on fire recently. And a lot of it has to do with Nylander and mm. some of it has to do with hating on me. Um, but <laughs> I don't, I don't give a shit at all. Like this is, I created this podcast. It's all mine. And I just come on here and talk. And if you don't like it, um, be cool about it. But I think sometimes people take things, take, take things out of context or, you know, they just create an image of me juxtaposed to your saintlyhood. <laughs> I don't give a shit, man. Like for everybody who unsubscribes because they have a hissy fit, we gain 10 new subscribers. Yeah. It's tough for me. It's tough for me to get sleep at night because I, because of the halo and the glow, you know? Yeah. Well, it's funny though. It's like Norm's a dick. Mike's great. I come on guys. Seriously. I am who I am, man. Like, what do you want me to do? This is a podcast. You talk, you do your thing. Mike and I have been doing this for a long time. There are a lot of people who want to hear it straight and just hear it from somebody. I'm not, I'm no expert, man. I'm a former sports guy, ran a sports department. Um, I just talk. If you don't like it, I don't know. Don't, don't run away. Just stand, stay cool. It's good. Anyway, the Nylander stuff, everybody's into it. And I'm finding that a lot of people are really upset with him and they, they have a perception of him and they, they, they form this image of him. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a nasty game, this, this impasse because, you know, these divisions are created. You have um, animosity that's generated. And you'd hope that once the two sides form a union again, that all of that washes away. But well, I don't know if that's going to be the case, Mike. Last thing on Nylander, and then we'll, we'll get into the goalies and get out of here. Well, l- let me give you an illustration of that. Because on, on Monday, I was up there for – I was up in Toronto for the, uh, for the Kings game. And I get off the go train at Union Station and there's a poster on the wall in front of Scotiabank Arena. And I take a picture of it and I and I basically say, you know, it's a pic, the, the poster says forever and it's got three leaves on the on the uh, uh, listed or uh, their images of Morgan Riley, Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews. 
and I simply say, um, what me young member of the core group is not included on this picture and then leave it there. And, you know, th that tweet got the most responses I've ever had in, in probably in the last six months, you know, of course, you know, Oh, he wasn't there for picture day. Oh, I'm like, okay. I'm not, I'm just saying it's peculiar. I'm not saying it means anything, but the temperature right now, the, the, the pro Nylander camp, the people who who pump up his value. And don't get me wrong. I think he's a great player. I think he's extremely talented. I just look at the strength of this organization on the wing that I've been saying for years and years and the depth that they have and guys like, you know, and I'm not saying they could fill the void completely, but guys like Grunstrom and Engvall and Trevor Moore and Jeremy Bracco and Igor Korshkov, who's in the KHL. There's like, you know, there's a ton of wingers and, and even guys on, on the team like Kapanen who could step into the void where you look at the, at the, at the needs of the team and you say, okay, well, if they, if they need to trade somebody, they could survive trading Nylander and getting a good defenseman. And everybody, everybody would say, well, no, you, you don't know what it's going to be like without Nylander. Well, now we do because Kapanen has filled that role and it may be a, a you know, a moment and he may struggle from now on, or he could continue to flourish and score 20 goals if Nylander um, stays out or if he stays on that line. So, I mean, th that's the thing. It's all asset management, and that's what the Leafs management have to think about is how many players we have at certain positions, how much do they cost, and where do we need other people? And that, I think, will rule in the over the next couple of years as this team enters being a Stanley Cup contender because you're not going to win a Stanley Cup with a defense the way it is right now and with an overload on the wings. Come on, man. Ron Hainsey, he's up for the Norris. Uh, people pick on that guy, but he's, again, he's doing his best, all things considered. Kasperi Kapanen needed the opportunity to play with some legit guys, some creative, some artists, and he's flourishing. He, you know, you the criticism is, well, he's not a finisher. Well, let him develop into a finisher. Right. It's a process. Well, the Leafs are beating good teams on the road on uh, every second Wednesday when there's a full moon and Kim Kardashian's at the White House. Well, let them get to that point. We're just seven games in. Things will you know, things will take shape. Things will evolve. Future first, um, future first yeah. lady Kim Kardashian. Yeah. Um, um, mm. Let me let me let me let me just say this one one thing about Kapanen because you know there's been a couple articles written and some things mentioned about Kapanen because of you know having a really good week and a half. And I like I said, I'm a Kapanen fan. I think he's got immense skill. I would like I said, I was skeptical about him being able to, to finish. He's doing it right now. He's playing very well. All of a sudden, it's like, well, he's a restricted free agent too, and it could cost the the Leafs, you know, five million dollars a year. Look at his look at his uh, resume right now. He had thirty eight games last year, and he had nine points, seven goals, two assists. If even if he scores sixty points this year, even if he you know continues to stay on that on the the, the uh, on the Matthews line. As a restricted free agent, he, again, he's got the same lack of leverage as, as Nylander, and he doesn't have the resume that Nylander does with two 60-point seasons. You're talking about a two- or three-year bridge deal, probably like what, what Connor Brown has, like in the $2 million rate. You're not talking about $5 million. So this sort of panic in the streets over every good young player having to get $5 million bucks. I, I just think it, it's – I mean, I understand – but it's it's not realistic, and management is not worried about paying Caspery Kapanen or paying Andreas Janssen. They're worried about paying two guys, Matthews and Marner. 
So Kasperi Kapitan is making the most of his opportunity to play with, right now, the best player on earth. Right now. Just right now, Oilers fans, cool down. He's doing his thing. Garrett Sparks did pretty well against the Kings. This is the thing. Uh, Garrett Sparks did not have a good preseason. He did not have a good debut. He allowed six goals against Chicago. Um, and the Leafs in the game on Monday, I think, played their most complete two-way game. But he did make a couple saves, and he got the victory. But, you know, somebody asked Babcock after the game um, what was the difference between uh, the game in Chicago and the game tonight regarding Garrett Sparks. And he says, he got in front of the pucks. And, you know, I mean, I think it's going to take a little while for Babcock to – buy-in on Garrett Sparks. And, you know, th that's understandable because, you know, it's it's show me. It's like prove it to me that you're an NHL goaltender. Now, I think he took a step in the direction on Monday. He was steady. He didn't – he made the, the the saves that were in front of him. He made a nice glove save on Drew Doughty on a point shot. He made a good close-in save. He wasn't really tested even though he had faced 33 shots. So, you know, I, I'm – tempering my my uh, positivity regarding Garrett Sparks until I see more and we may see more pretty soon because the reason he played was because of Freddie Anderson's knee being tweaked in in Washington on Saturday and this is the concern that I had when they lost McElhaney and Pickard because there is there is little or no depth in the organization when they, they've gone from having really good depth to having none at all. And I had somebody contact me uh, on Twitter and basically say, well, I'm sick and tired of you talking about goaltending depth and depth and I'm going to unfollow you. Well, okay. I, you're free to unfollow me. But the problem is oh my gosh. If, you, if, if you, if you don't think that the goaltending depth in this, uh, on this team is not a story when you're number one, who you expect to play 60 games has a knee injury and, and after Babcock says he's starting on Thursday, he comes out yesterday and he says, well, I think I'm going to, I think I'll be okay, but the swelling's got to go down. So if he's not a hundred percent, they're going to play Sparks again. Uh, Sparks has had a history of groin problems and knock on wood right now. Um, there, there are no problems. Casimir Cascasua, who is their number one in, in the AHL was pulled twice on the weekend and is injured. They have an AHL goaltender, uh, an AHL-only contract in Jeff Glass there. Uh, and Emin McAdam, who's never played a game in the NHL, stole Carlton the Bears number, uh, number <laughs> 60, and, and, was wear, and was wearing that on the bench. They have no goaltending depth. And, you know, if Anderson's knee is a prolonged thing and if, or, or if Sparks gets hurt, they have no goaltending. So this is a problem. And I think it may have to be rectified either by them making a making a, a minor league deal to get a goaltender because they really they you know honestly if one bad you know one bad stretch from Garrett Sparks or one uh, step in the wrong direction by Freddie Anderson and the goaltending thing is a crisis for this team. Like 15 minutes ago, the Leafs had lots of goaltending depth, and now I mean the Leafs had success on that four-game road trip. Now they play two more games at home. Uh, Pittsburgh is always going to be a test. It, it'll be always be, uh, you know, fun to go up against uh, Crosby and Malkin. And now you know the Leafs finally have a one-two punch that can compete with them and Tavares and 
uh, and Matthews. So that'll be interesting to see how they go head to head. But you know, Matt Murray not being in the lineup, they'll probably go with Casey the Smith as their as their goaltender and. They're out without Justin Schultz, so it might be a little bit easier of a challenge, uh, you know, to to compete against them. And then Tyler Bozek and the St. Louis Blues come in on on Saturday, and I'm sure we'll see a a video and a round of applause rather than what Dion Phaneuf got on Monday, which was a sizable round of boos. Yeah, the booing of Dion Phaneuf was total bullshit. That guy tried his hardest. He, He just wasn't as good as that rookie season presented him to be and he wasn't as good and couldn't live up to the hype that Brian Burke laid out for him before he even put on the Jersey. That's the point. Dion Phaneuf was a class act. He was a good guy. And he, you know, the stuff he said pregame too, I don't know if you saw this, but he said, you know, I, I wish the Leafs all the best. I love my time here. It was a great honor. I wish them all the best. Just not when they're playing the Kings. Look, the guy's got deficiencies. He's not as good as he, he should have been, but the booing, I'm usually pro-boo. You do what you want to do. But I thought that was bogus. And on, on the Tyler Bozak tip, Mike, I know it's going to be a tough Saturday for you because you have this huge affection for Tyler Bozak. Um, <laughs> Leafs converts, send your best wishes to Mike. It's going to be very tough on, on his psyche, his heart. Um, be there for him. I'll bring, I'll bring my handkerchief. Just one, one thing. Drew Doughty said that – I think it was Drew Doughty that said the Leafs – right now need a defenseman like Dion Phaneuf is right now. If, if he was, he's in a way he's right. If he was a right-handed Dion Phaneuf, that's a, a veteran guy who could play 20 minutes. That's the type of guy that they need. Not Dion because we've been down that road, but you know, Doughty analyzed what I think everybody knows is that this team is one or two defensemen away from being a cup contender I just I I don't blame Lee fans because, like you said, and very accurately, they were sold a bill of goods when he was traded. He was supposed to be that number one defenseman. He was made the team captain. Um, the team was terrible. Um, he, I don't think he should have been made team captain. Not because he's not wasn't capable, but I just think it put him in a position that was a no win. And you know, I have no problem with Dean Phaneuf. He always treated the media and you know, me as a media member well, and I wish him the best in Los Angeles. So, but I can understand fans will boo, and that just happens. Of course. Um, stay strong over the next couple of days, Mike. Okay, reach oh, out I, not only to me but to the Leafs converts, people on Twitter. You're not alone. I will try. Thank you, Norman. That's a wrap for this episode of the Least Convo Podcast. How do you listen to us? How do you lament us? How do you revel in us? How do you enjoy us? Is it a traditional podcast platform or are you locked in to the YouTube mothership? I'd love to know at Norman James TLC on Twitter or you can just holler at me in the YouTube comment section because you're probably going to do it anyway. For Mike Agello, I'm Norman James. Thank you so much for your support. We'll talk to you next time. The Least Convo is outie.